You're listening to The Big Reviewski on Joe, brought to you by Omniplex Cinemas. Hello and welcome to this very special bonus feature of The Big Reviewski with me, Paul Moore. Feels a bit weird now, the two fellas aren't next to me. And what's also even weirder is that this bonus feature is about a TV show, but not just any TV show. The TV show that everyone's talking about. No, it's not Game of Thrones. It's all about Derry Girls. Absolutely massive fan of this show. I think from episode one, um, it's just it's just so quotable. It's, it's so good. I mean, I think every Irish person that watches it just relate to some of the characters and with season two coming to a wrap I had the pleasure to chat with the absolutely brilliant Lisa McGee about all things season two and we delved into that emotional ending I mean I think I'm still very shedding a tear over that but we also chatted about uh, some of our favourite characters favourite scenes inspiration for some for yeah for some of the plot lines and you know since season one aired it's become this massive cultural phenomenon it's one Awards has been nominated for a BAFTA. Uh, I think it won a, a Royal TV Society Award, and of course, it's gone international now on Netflix. When the the Americans and the Canadians can't get enough of our Dairy Girls, but uh, yeah, ahead of the season two finale, uh, sat down with Lisa McGee, who's as lovely as you'd imagine, uh, to chat about all things Dairy Girls. And here it is. Enjoy. Congratulations on season two. Absolutely love the six episodes. I know prior to it airing, you said that the tone was going to be a lot more hopeful. And uh, I think after seeing them all, we know exactly what you meant there. Uh, watching it as a fan, I got the feeling that uh, the great man himself, John Hume, was so integral to kind of the spirit of what you wanted to convey between, you know, he yeah. obviously spoke at the at the Clinton uh, speech in 95 and yeah, yourself had the dedicated episode five to you, to him and his yeah. amazing work. Was that uh, very much your thought process when you were kind of writing down the scripts that John Hume is such a, a, a pivotal figure for Derry and I wanted to convey this throughout the season? It, 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 yeah, absolutely. And it, 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 um, it was signed in a way to do it, but then... Uh, feel heavy-handed, I suppose, a sort of way of, of, of thanking him that felt subtle, you know. And I think um, it, it's really the, the more I, I've, I've always had huge admiration for John Hume and everything he's done, but um, Brighton Derry Gears even more so, you know. And it's it's um, it's sort of hard to even especially now with how things are, you know, the mm. political situation now, um, how, how, you know, great a man he was and everything he sacrificed and, or as, sorry, and, but I mean, like as a politician when he was, um, you know, when when he was part of the, you know, when he was the architect really of that peace process. So just, I just think um, it's something I would love everybody to remember, you know, has, you know, has part in it, you know. Um, so it was always in the back of, of my mind. Yeah. Uh, if that answers your question, yeah. No, he's a, a great man. I think you, you did him justice and his legacy and, and his spirit as well. Um, on that note, you mentioned the politics. I love the line of uh, the final episode finished by Clinton's, you know, we can achieve more by working together than by drifting apart and we need the patience to work for yeah. peace. It's, um, and, and Derry Girls is a comedy, but it was that was just oddly topical for me. Was that a conscious decision of you to get it into the script, just that optimistic and hopeful tone for, that was uh, in 95 and kind of how it kind of juxtaposes with, with now, I guess? Yeah, I suppose. Um, oh, I, I obviously don't know 
what would be happening when this show went out. You know, um, I didn't know that when I was when I was when I was writing it, but I've definitely felt that people either aren't aware. You know, maybe in parts of Britain of how difficult that process was, um, and um, everything that was achieved, or or, or maybe forgetting. You know, mm. um, so I just wanted to sort of underline, I suppose. You know. The fact that we got it in the nineties, you know, we did, there, there was a time when it all went, everything went well, and um, we achieved this amazing thing. Um, they were, you know, remarkable. Um, it was a remarkable time, really. Um, and yeah, so I suppose I just wanted to, um, you Rem- know, remind highlight people that, the fact yeah. that that's, yeah, that's no small. That's, that, that was, you know. It should yeah, never be, huge, ta- never be know, taken and, for granted. Yeah, it should never be ignored or taken for granted. The work that got us here, you know. Yeah, 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 I think so. Uh, also, brilliantly mixed as well, like you, like you've done throughout the show, Lisa. Um, the drama with the comedy was it a conscious decision for you to write that scene between Michelle and James? Because throughout the season and episodes, we've seen drama done really well, but it's always like a fleeting moment or a glimpse. But this is like really good dialogue that, and very different. That gave Jamie Lee and Dylan something really to kind of get it stuck into that tonally. Yes, it's a comedy, and I'm, I'm absolutely loving it. But you know, this is like serious stuff between James going and. And you know the the yeah. going. Was that something you really loved? Um, kind of switching it up a bit. I always wanted to get James to a point where he realised he was one of them, you know, and that this was love the way he's been treated. You know, like you know, there's always sometimes Irish people. <laughs> yeah. Um, they, they can't really deal with like that sort of tough love. That sort of yeah. Um, you know, that, that means you're one of us, really. And I wanted James to finally sort of understand that. And also wanted to bring Michelle to a point where she had to be vulnerable and ask him to stay. Um, I couldn't have done that the first year. I think you have to sort of earn it, you know. Mm. So um, it took a while to get to, to get them to that point. Yeah. Uh, and Yeah, so I just sort of wanted to give them their wee moment because last year it was Claire and Aaron. Um, so I wanted to give them their wee dramatic um relationship moments in the final this year um, and I think for, just also I, I love this idea of a, of, a, of a young boy identifying as a dairy girl being a positive thing do you know what I mean like, yeah I love that he's one of the girls I love that it's a, sta- it's a state good. of mind yeah yeah um, and he I mean I, I just I love the way they played that thing I thought it was so cute <laughs> and I love the way that uh, Jamie Lee she delivered it and even in it's such a lovely moment but it's still like why is the fuck up like like it's still quint- yeah. quintessential <laughs> Michelle this lovely moment but it's still like you know you know wise up you know I do love the fact that the state of mind is a dairy is a dairy girl and having I work alongside a dairy boy and I can very much uh, empathise with that mentality I do think that there is this kind of motherly vibe I guess to the show that it's kind of like cop on but if you need it there's like an arm around the shoulder chat with a friend type feel to it and is that kind of why oh, absolutely, yeah. is that why you kind of feel it's I think that's kind of why it's travelled that's my own opinion but is that uh, your own reckoning Lisa how it's gone so big around the world I think I think um, I, I really think um, people were sort of ready to see a group of, of flawed young women as well you know mm. be the centre of something and I think everyone can sort of also maybe recognise those people not got their friends and those family members and, and, and stuff as well but I, I think um, ultimately it's a feel good 
Yeah. So mm-hmm. you know, especially when the when the backdrop is this this um tough uh you, you know political climate that's always changing and that you can't be very secure. That there's no security in the backdrop of the show. That this we group, this we tribe of friends should feel familiar to you and you should feel like you're at home when you're with them. Mm. Um, you know, there's there's security in that group of friends and I think when people watch it I'd like them to feel at home. Yeah. You know what I mean? And to just relax. Yeah, it's like it's like, it's like it's like meeting your mates. That's the impression I get from every week I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to hanging out with my friends and you know their family seeing what's oh, going on. That's, yeah. a, that's a vibe I get. Okay, most serious question and this is the hardest one I'll ask. What was wrong with the big bowl, Lisa? Genuinely I'm curious. <laughs> I do have an answer, right? But I sort of, I sort of am afraid uh, that it's going to let people down. What was it? Do you want to hear? Do you want to hear what it, what it is? Go for it, yeah. But I'm afraid, I'm afraid it's going to be a disappointment. I think Michelle's mum has uh, gone through a period of uh, doing a lot of cooking and baking for everyone, and wasn't being appreciated. And she just gave up. She wanted to give away away the big bowl to teach. <laughs> uh, her family are laughing, but nobody noticed. You no, know, you know, no. You know what I mean? Like, no. so she's made this big statement, but we're just sort of like, well, fuck you, then. <laughs> you know, I'm giving up. There'll be no more. Um, so that was my least sort of secret theory. One of Brilliant. You know what? Fair play to you because yeah. for that entire episode, of as as much as I was laughing at the the, the toasters and the cupboards, and we'll get onto that. But like, I couldn't. I couldn't move past it. I was, I was like Tara Lynn, I was Mad Mary. I just couldn't shake what the hell is going on here, you know? Such a flippant, think, nothing um, thing, you know? On Twitter, some people came up with better theories than that. Jesus. So now I feel like that's about shit. Lisa, you know you've, got a, you know you've got a good show when people are emotionally invested in a bloody ball, you know? <laughs> Come here to me. Um, speaking of that, uh, that fantastic opener, um, just looking back on some of the highlights of season two, um, the chalkboard, was that lit- Was that something you and your mates or you and your folks or family got down together and just kind of like the cheapest form of therapy you're going to have? Or was that on the day spitballing? <laughs> I mean, the Protestants hate Abba, the Catholics go to Bundoran. I mean, like, Jesus, where did this stuff come from? Some of them were, some, some of it was scripted. And some of it was our, our art department just um, going to town, and um, so a lot of it, like a lot of it, it was quite, I think, freeing for the art department because they got to write down a lot of things. Jesus, it was myself. just gold. Um, yeah, so it was, it was, um, yeah, hilarious. I, it, it, when we filmed it, when we turned the board round, even though we all knew it was going to happen. Because you know, one side of the board's empty, obviously. When you turn it around, you know it's it's then then we're on the side that's all filled up. It was just hilarious. Yeah, everyone was just in bus trying to film it, trying to sh- shoot the thing. But um, yeah, it's just ridiculous. All these, you know. But, but there's, there's so much truth in all these stuff. <laughs> Funny enough, my girlfriend from from Bambridge, so this is kind of uh, I do have a kind of a grounding in it. But she was like, "Yep, yep, heard that one, heard that one, yep, yep, yep." I was like, "Are you serious?" I was like, "Jesus, it's a you're you're a different breed up there, Hallians, the Lodias, I'll tell you. Um, <laughs> elsewhere, I think uh, I'm not uh, I'm not trying to blow smoke up your bum, but I think my favorite episode of the whole show was to to take that episode. I, I genuinely emoted to it in a way that I, I didn't really expect to um, but maybe it's because I was from that era and I remember begging my parents to go to gigs like this but uh, it was the little moments of Tommy when he kind of just had the look and saw Saoirse on the screen and yeah. smiled and you do that so well throughout the show is that 
is that like a conscious effort? These big sweeping moments are defined by these tiny little glimpses. You know, you've got um, you had uh, yeah. Siobhan giving a little toast of a ceasefire in season one. You had Grand uh, Ian putting yeah, that out. Yeah. Like, is that conscious for you? Just like I wanted, just a microcosm of these massive things. Yeah, we're trying. We're trying to uh, sparing with this. Do you know what I mean? Because sometimes when you try and be sentimental too much, mm. it, it, you know, it's, it's first and foremost. I think our job to make people laugh, but but like that, to give it that wee bit of humanity. But that thing with Tommy, I mean, he's just a phenomenal actor. He's just an amazing actor. You know, um, you know, and the script just says he, sm- he has laughed himself or whatever. But I think he he conveyed so much. You yeah. know, that a lot of sort of dads. Like that sort of pride that she's, she's revealed and she's done it anyway, and um, I don't know. I just think uh, you know a lot of a lot of why people connected to that was because of his performance rather than anything on the script. He's, yeah, he's a great actor, and I have um, to, uh, and similarly very enough, intelligent, you know. Yeah, similarly enough, my uh, I watched the the prom episode with my girlfriend, and she was well enough because she had a very close relationship with her granddad, and when Orla says that, you know, you're Aww. supposed to take a man that you like the most and he's the man I like the most. She actually, she cried because she was raised by her grandparents. Aww. So, um, you know, stuff like that, I think really hits home. Uh, and I think it's a, it's a good reflection of just how talented your your stuff is, Lisa, that it's actually genuinely, she broke down and cried. So there you go. Ah, uh, thank you. Similarly enough, were you, were yeah, you, think- you must have been laughing your ass off when you had the Polar Bear episode and then actually when you hand in your scripts, you see three months later, there's a red panda after escaping Ulster Zoo. I couldn't believe it because obviously I knew what was go- we all knew what was going to happen. We, we, weren't, <laughs> we weren't telling anyone, and then everyone on Twitter was saying they should use this in the radio. And I'm thinking, oh, just Jesus. wait, you know, <laughs> we already have. I tell you what, but, um, it's, it's an insight. Yeah. And then you had, a, I think, a chimp escaped Belfast Zoo after the panda. So it was just like, Jesus, the polar bear seems very, very true. Yeah. Yeah, they need more security. <laughs> <laughs> Come here to me. On that episode, there's a few people I know on Twitter were saying, and I don't want to give too much away, that James and Aaron, there's uh, good chemistry between them. Is that just good acting between the two fellas? Or are you maybe hinting at maybe something could be brewing? I think, uh, I I think um, I've always had a feeling that there might be mm. um, something there, you know, but it might... Never, it might not develop until they're older. You know, we might never see it. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think, I think why James might put up with so much is because of Aaron. Do you know about? Yeah. That's just me in my. You know, but, but I don't know how much of that will see or uh, you, where that will go. You hold the cards, Lisa. If you will it into it, it'll happen. Um, <laughs> can, can I ask you something about your writing process uh, I'm a massive uh, music fan as well and, and to be honest I think you probably have the best iPod I'd imagine in the world uh, looking at the music that's used in the show I'd love to see Lisa McGee's uh, <laughs> playlist for a party um, do you write like particular songs into your scripts because when I heard E17 Stay when James was gone I, I welled up a bit when I heard Scarlet Independent Love Song when James come back in I kind of punch the air yeah. when when the Cranberries Dreams came on obviously there was a, there was kind of sad symmetry with Dolores O'Riordan passing but it was a lovely moment when music lifted yeah, the scene yeah. is that something do you actually consciously write your songs into the script or is that director's choice or how does so, that work so some of them um, are written on so like uh, Dolores was always a very deliberate thing because she's on Erin's bedroom wall. You know, Erin mm. as a Cranberries fan, and also her voice was so much work for you. You know, she's just—it's just that enchanting sort of 
um, voice, doesn't it? And 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 I'm a Cranberries fan, so so, so stuff like this. So some of it's written on, yeah. and then all it's like we use so much music that um, some of it you realise we need more, and you know, um, so the rest of it will be a sort of collaboration between me, the director, the editors. We have music supervisors, you know, and we all come on my ideas. So um, that's where sort of independent love song came from that you know that was a, a I think one of the editors um which is brilliant brilliant idea yeah. you know, so there's there's bits that aren't in the script as well so it's just a bit of a collaboration I tell you what between you really and your it, between you and your team I've had Urban Cookie Collective the dream the secret in my head for the last two months <laughs> so fair play to you because it's an absolute banger <laughs> it's so mad though why I don't know any really I mean I only know 90s music. I've been listening to 90s music for three years, Le- like, in show. Lisa, music peaked in the 90s. So, you know, you can just you can forget everything that came after it. It's fine, you know? Yeah, that's what I think. <laughs> Lisa, do you have a favourite character to write for? Um, it's, it's, so I, I, I obviously love them all. And mm. and some of them are easier to write than others. Um, Michelle's really easy to write because she always has a very definite opinion about something. You know, you know... Um, and Aaron's very close to how I was growing up, so um, you know I, I like that about Aaron. But weirdly, my favourite to write for—it's so weird—is Jenny Joyce. Okay, she's an absolute joy to write for, like because she's just so different, yeah. and she's such a different energy. And when she comes onto the scene, you know, you, you know, she's she's just so outside the rest of them. And I just love thinking of lines for her. Um, yeah, so she so she's great fun, right? Um, so yeah, which is a weird one to say because yeah, yeah, she's she's not one of the gang, you know. And it'll be interesting in season three when you have Sister Michael saying you need to push back. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, speaking of season three, <laughs> um, I know you said you have a plan in mind, maybe to take it up to a Good Friday Agreement, which would be ninety eight. So that's what ninety five, ninety eight, three years of uh, of events. Uh, have you had chats with Channel Four and stuff like that about kicking it on from season two? We're um. We're we're hopeful that they let us do more. There's nothing official uh, yet. We're still sort of uh, talking about it, and obviously the timeline's a bit tricky. But uh, you, you know the political timeline. So I feel I need to do a lot of sort of sitting down and working out of stuff. But um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully they say we can do another. We can have another go. And, and um, yeah, and you've yeah, the, you the Good Friday Agreement that. you mentioned as kind of like the. That's the cut-off point. You're kind of hoping to get the story up to there. Is that right? I would love to. I don't know. I mean, God, I don't. That's tricky though because it's. Uh, I mean, you, obviously, as you know, where we've ended this series because mm. um, you've seen episode six now. It's a bit of a way off. So I, I, I just need to work all that out. But um, definitely, that was a, a big moment for Northern Ireland. You know, um, the biggest moment in my lifetime anyway so I just, I just think it would be a shame not to try and tell that story um, but we'll, we'll see Asha here Lisa if pandas keep escaping Belfast Zoo and all this mad shit keeps happening you know you'll have plenty of fodder there for uh, a few more seasons here's hoping and genuinely genuinely <laughs> as a massive fan of the show and uh, to be honest of all your of the, all, the, all the lads I got to, to chat with earlier you're just very uh, very kind and very impressive people and uh, I'm delighted to see it's got Aww. so much success Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. You're
listening to The Big Reviewski on Joe, brought to you by Omniplex Cinemas.